You're listening to Earth Matters on the Community Radio Network, produced at 3CR Community Radio on Wurundjeri Country. Hello, I'm Edwin Jeffrey, and you're listening to Earth Matters on the Community Radio Network. This week, we are looking at the lead beater possum, also known as the forest fairy. The possum is a small marsupial living mainly in the central highlands of Victoria. The lead beater is a putrid, which is a fancy word for possum that I've recently learnt, and is recognisable by their greyish-brown coat, central dark stripe, and distinctive baseball-shaped tail. The Wilderness Society estimates that the species is 20 million years old. However, since colonisation, the possum has been in varying levels of endangerment of extinction. In fact, in 1960, the lead-beater possum was listed as certainly or almost extinct. But... In 1961, after 50 years without confirmed sighting, the lead-beater possum was rediscovered by Eric Wilson near Marysville in the montane ash forests of the Victoria Central Highlands. Ten years later, in March of 1971, the lead-beater possum became Victoria's state government faunal emblem. But this state recognition doesn't always add up in the actual protection of the species. More recently, we've had incidents such as 2007 where Vic Forest bulldozed large firebreaks through the lead beater's habitat, followed by Black Saturday in 2009, which burnt 45% of the possum's habitat. Conservation efforts have been established up in Hillsville and the animal population remains heavily monitored. There remains a stark contrast between how the possum is treated on paper and press releases versus how they're treated in their habitat. On today's episode of Earth Matters, we're going to look at how a combination of logging, bushfires and deregulation since colonisation has led the lead beater to exist in a state of extinction. The threats from Victorian government and state logging and the volunteer-based organisations and researchers who have spent decades in activism to keep the state fauna going. To do so, we'll be talking to guest professor David Lindenmayer, a long-term researcher of the possum and president of Community Environmental group, Friends of the Lead Beater Possum, Steve Meacher. Logging and fires remain the two main threats to the lead beater possum, as these both destroy critically needed habitat. For our first interview today, we are speaking to Professor David Lindemeyer, a senior researcher at the Australian National University whose research into the lead beater possum is part of the world's largest longitudinal study of any species in the world. David started working with the lead beater possum and their habitat mountain ash forests in 1983 and has since published various research on the need to conserve the species, including a 2017 report with the assessment that lead beater possums and other species will become extinct within 30 years unless clear fell logging stops in mountain ash forests. We are now five years into that 30-year deadline. But to kick off the interview, I wanted to learn a little bit about what it was like starting out for David. When he began in the 1980s, the lead beater population was thought to have peaked with approximately 7,500 possums known in the wild. I wanted to understand a bit more about what had got him into this area. Well, I actually began working as a... Um as a technical assistant for a brilliant scientist uh, by the name of Andrew Smith, who'd actually done his PhD on Leadbeater's possum at a place called Camberville, which is east of Marysville. And he was looking for a technical assistant to continue work on Leadbeater's possum. It was actually funded by the World Wildlife Fund, uh, as it was called then. 
Mm-hmm. And so I worked for Andrew for a year as a technical technical assistant, uh, setting up sites, doing possum watches, doing measurements of habitat, all those kinds of things. And that really got me started in this whole area of understanding forests, forest ecology, disturbance, all those kinds of things. So nearly 38 years later, we're still working in these forests. In fact, right now I'm sitting in front of a, a new paper that we're just scoping out on the importance of old-growth forest and why the attributes of old-growth forest are so important for so many species. Over the past three decades, the population has been so decreased, it's got to the point where in 2015, Leadbeater's possums were declared critically endangered. And then in 2017, you released a report with the assessment that Leadbeater's possums and other species could be extinct within 30 years unless clear fell logging stopped. Could you break down how you arrived at this number? What we've seen is extensive areas of forest in the central highlands, which is the stronghold for the species, have been logged in the last 40 years. And it's been logged using clear felling. Clear felling really does have a really marked effect on the habitat for animals like Leadbeater's possum and, in fact, all of the range of hollow-dependent species. And we've actually been able to show that the more, the more clear felling takes place in the landscape, the less likely you are to find Leadbeater's possum in the remnant parts of the landscape that have have been left unlogged. And so there's a big effect on the species of the, the condition of the landscape and how much of it's been disturbed. We also know that areas that have been burnt that don't have any big hollow trees in them are also uh, really bad news for the species. And then the other thing that we're seeing is that as time goes on, more and more of the big old hollow trees that the animal depends on are being lost. And so our projections for the extinction of the species within the next 30 years are really based on what's happening to the dynamics of habitat, how quickly we're losing the large old trees, and how quickly that is leading to the absence of animals in large parts of its former habitat. So many of the sites where we used to find Leadbeater's possum 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, are now no longer occupied by the species. So there's some really serious changes happening. The species, the the level of site occupancy by the species, so places where we find that animal, has declined by 50% in the last 20-odd years. Other species are even more extreme. The, the um, greater glider has declined by almost 70% in the same time period. What do you think are the remaining gaps in public knowledge around the connection between logging, old forest and the leadbeater possum in Victoria? Yeah, there's several, several issues that are going on here. The first one is, is that in terms of habitat, logging essentially extinguishes suitable habitat for these animals for up to 200 years. That's largely because clear felling removes all merchantable trees. The trees that are retained are very likely to fall over pretty quickly. And then the habitat takes about another up to 150 years to 200 years to start to begin to recover because those hollow trees are absolutely critical to the animal's persistence. And so in about 1990... In the Central Highlands, the whole notion of ongoing old-growth logging essentially ceased. 
But that was an easy decision to make because there was hardly any old growth left. And almost all old growth that remained was actually deep within the water catchments, which had been closed to logging for quite some time. So the notion of old growth logging in large parts of Victoria, including the Central Highlands, doesn't happen that much anymore. There are still small patches of it that are logged. And, but that's it's not been such a big concession to make because so much of the forest is now dominated by very young forests. So in the Central Highlands, 99% of the landscape is essentially young regrowth forest that's 80 years or younger. Now, one of the big issues with that is that, first of all, that those kinds of forests have very few hollow-bearing trees. So the habitat value of those forests is very limited. But the other issue is that these young forests are also very flammable. And we have quite a lot of studies that showing the elevated flammability of those young forests. So the more these forests are logged and the more that they burn, the more, the more that they're likely to reburn. And that's exactly what's going on now. We're in a fire trap in that system. And the more fire that occurs, the more disturbance there is in the landscape the less likely we are to see animals like leadbeater's possum, greater gliders, yellow belly gliders. And that's, so we've got logging effects directly and then we've got logging effects that interact with fire regimes to make forests more flammable and keep reburning. And so really it's a terrible situation for trying to grow old forest and it's a terrible situation for animals that are very intimately dependent on large old trees that are a real feature of old forests. That was Professor David Lindenmayer on the Leadbeater Possum. We're going to return to his comments also at the conclusion of this episode. You're listening to Earth Matters on the Community Radio Network. Today we're looking at, the Vic- at Victoria's state fauna, the Leadbeater Possum. Before we jump into the next section, I thought we could have a few fun possum facts that I found out in the making of this episode. The Leadbeater Possum's scientific name translates directly to naked dart, referring to the lack of flying membrane that the possum has, unlike other Victorian species such as the sugar glider. The possum's common name was actually named after J. Leadbeater, the taxidermist at National Museum of Victoria, which is a bit grim. Finally, and my favourite, the possum lives in groups of 10 to 12, uh, have very strong, long-lasting relationships, and the family structure is matriarchal, meaning that the the mum heads the group. There you go. Some interesting facts. Now on to part two. So we know that logging and bushfires are getting worse and more desperate, but the other threat is the state government and its lack of regulation over logging. The Victorian government continues to have an ambivalent relationship with the Leadbeater possum. The crown jewel is Victoria's emblem. The state has set up multiple programs for the species' survival, but with every one step forward, the government seems to take two steps back. An example of this mixed approach is the state government's 2019 announcement that it would end native logging by 2030. And we have since seen action on this pledge with commitments of $200 million to transition workers and the industry. However, we've not actually seen much evidence of a transition, and environmentalists say that 2030 is too far away. We've also seen the continuation of the controversial regional forest agreements. These are the agreements that exist between state and logging enterprises that mean logging remains the purview of the state, not federal, and thus avoids being held under jurisdiction of federal environmental law. 
and has been argued to create a conflict of interest as the government and state logging enterprises live in a private-public relationship with one another. These RFAs were re-signed in 2020 for another decade. The government has also made moves this year and last year to change codes and laws around logging in Victoria, and environmentalists say this will further deregulate the industry for the worse. To chat about this state government action, or therein lack of, I caught up with Steve from Friends of the Leadbeater Possum. In 2018, the community group took Vic Forest to federal court, arguing that the logging group had been non-compliant in Commonwealth environmental laws in the Central Highlands and should not be exempt from EPB's the Environmental Protections Biodiversity Conservation Act. In May 2020, the case was successful, setting a new federal precedent allowing Federal Threatened Species Protection Law as applies to the Leadbeater possum, to state logging industry. However, the decision was then overturned in 2021 when Vic Forrest appealed on the decision on 31 grounds and was successful on one, arguing that federal law didn't apply to the state activity of Vic Forrest. Again, we see this mixed record. The 2020 outcome, Friends of Leadbeater Possum were able to prove that Vic Forrest had violated state and federal environmental protection laws. And yet the ruling on that judgment had been overturned. I asked Steve to explain the significance of such a ruling. Well, yes, uh, essentially the significance is that it shows that the EPBC Act isn't fit for purpose, um, even though we went to such great trouble to prosecute this case and provide all the evidence required um, and... Uh, it, it went through the whole process, it went through appeal, um, the hours and the money spent, we could not make the EPBC Act work um, because of Section 38 that basically says in forests that are being logged under a regional forest agreement, the Federal Act has no interest. So um, that that's essentially the significance. It supports the findings of Professor Samuel in his report that the EPBC Act, as it currently stands, isn't fit for purpose and needs heavy revision. The Leadbeater possum has received a lot of attention from state government, including breeding programs in Hillsville Sanctuary, the establishment of a recommendations and advisory group for the possum, as well as the release of a state action plan. Could you tell us what, how you would characterise the government's attitudes and actions towards the Leadbeater possum? I would really characterise state and federal um, attitudes to Leadbeater's possum as being basically indifference. Um, in spite of the things you cite, uh, which have been essentially quite superficial, for instance, the the Leadbeater's Possum Advisory Group process in 2013-14 uh, was put together under the state coalition government and the terms of reference for that group included to maintain logging uh, in forests and the members of that group were all either people who were within government or dependent on government funding or members of the industry. There were no independent scientists on that group, although there were government scientists, um, and there were no conservation representatives on that group. So what we had with, with LPAG was um, a biased group 
that was even further constrained by terms of reference that favoured logging of the forests. Um, so that then led to uh, a new state action statement based on the recommendations of LPAG, the advisory group, which is the first time, as far as we're aware, that an, an action statement was actually predicated on recommendations from the industry that was causing the problem in the first place, which seems to be entirely the wrong way around. Um, you mentioned also the, the breeding program at Hillsville Sanctuary, which uh, has been um, carried out in good faith, but uh, to date has been unsuccessful. No live young have been produced from uh, the lowland lead beater's possum, which is what the um, program was based on, those from Yellingbow. And that particular program has now been abandoned. So, yeah, there hasn't actually been sufficient politicization of Leadbitter's possum, um, where it has been mentioned by politicians. The mentions have been superficial and ineffective. In my research for this episode, I came across a draft for a national recovery plan in 2016, but I couldn't find any movement. Could you tell me a little bit more about the background of this national recovery plan and where it is currently at? Yes, well, the draft actually arose after the elevation of Leadbitter's possum from endangered to critically endangered, which occurred in 2015. And there was a meeting at Melbourne Zoo with the Environment Minister at that time, Greg Hunt. And at that meeting, I asked Greg Hunt what the effect on the ground would be of the relisting to critically endangered. And Greg Hunt announced that um, he would ask his threatened species commissioner, who at that time was Gregory A uh, Andrews, um, to put together an action plan within a month. Um, that was done. There was an action plan, and the action plan uh, stated that there would need to be a committee put together um, to generate a revised Commonwealth recovery plan, and uh, I participated in the early meetings of that group, and by the end of 2016, a draft recovery plan had been prepared, and it's now been sitting on the minister's desk for the last six years. Um, the environment minister now, of course, is Susan Lee, and we have written to her and asked her to release the recovery plan, knowing full well that it was virtually ready for release in 2016, and we haven't even had a response to our letters, uh, let alone seen any uh, movement in releasing the recovery plan. And uh, also, uh, Janet Rice, the Greens senator, has asked every year at Senate Estimates what's happening with the recovery plan, and it always sort of gets kicked on down the road. There's always an excuse for why it hasn't yet been released. Um, but as, as far as I'm concerned, um, the delay 
in releasing a recovery plan that was just about ready to go six years ago is inexcusable. Back to a state level, last year the government proposed changes to Victoria's Code of Practice for Timber Production, one of the main codes regulating the logging industry. The government said their amendments focus on clarifying roles and responsibilities and correcting administrative errors to afford a clearer framework for the industry. However, 17 environmental groups, including Friends of Leadbeater Possum, argued that the proposed changes will deregulate much-needed environmental protections for Australia's native for Victoria's native forests and actually undermine community legal challenges. Could you talk us a little bit through the proposed changes to the code and your concerns? When several groups got together last year um, to write to the government uh, in regards to the proposed changes, what was happening there was that there were around 3,000 changes and we were given 28 days to analyze them and respond. And so the main message of our letter, our joint letter, was to request reasonable further time to consider the changes. And um, that extension of time was not granted. Um, So Friends of Leadbeater's Possum um, put in a submission where we made some some general points about the proposed changes, um, but again underlined that in order to make a substantive submission, further time would be required. That, again, uh, wasn't responded to. No further time was allowed, and the changes went through. Um, So they... (laughs) They are what they are at the moment. There are some that would be changes um, that would be considered improvement. Some would be um, certainly changes that were negative in the sense that uh, clearly the intent of some of the changes was to undermine um, some of the court cases. Uh, For instance, there was a current court case being run by King Lake Friends of the Forest in regard to the Um, regulation that required a 20-metre buffer at the side of any roads in the central highlands that would prevent a view of the logging taking place. Um, And that was the interpretation of the regulation that was found by Justice Mortimer in the Possum's case. It was used to mount this case by King Lake Friends of the Forests and um, the state government changed that regulation and undermined that case such that King Lake Friends of the Forest actually had to abandon their case. Um, so that was the sort of thing that we were seeing coming out of that. Friends of the Leadbeater Possum was established in 2004 and a lot of you have been activists for a lot longer than that. Do you feel like progress is being made in any way? Um, certainly... There has. Um, in 2013 or so, um, the recovery plan, uh, sorry, the recovery team um, that discusses conservation issues for a, a threatened species was effectively disbanded by the coalition government. And that still hasn't been brought back into place. But through the court case and other activities that uh, 
friends of Leadbeater's Possum has been involved in, um, we have certainly succeeded in raising the profile of Leadbeater's Possum, uh, even though the animal was made um, the state faunal emblem in 1971, still most Victorians had never heard of it. And I should mention, of course, that the state government has announced a policy to abandon the logging of native native forests by 2030. Um, that, I think, is a policy that would never have come about um, without uh, the work that has been going on in this area, including the court case. Um, however, we recognize that 2030 is nowhere like soon enough. So what we need to be focusing on now is bringing that date forward. That was Steve, president of the Friends of the Leadbeater Possum uh, Community Environmental Group, talking about their legal case as well as proposed changes to codes and laws around logging and what that impact is going to be for the Leadbeater Possum. Uh, from my interview earlier with Professor Lindemeyer, I also asked this question of mixed government response and where to next from here, and this is what he had to say. I, I think there's several things that are needed here. The first one is is that there needs to be a realistic assessment of the economic losses that takes place with this industry. You know, the, the taxpayer has had to fork out millions upon millions upon millions of dollars year after year after year for an industry that really employs very few people now. It's heavily mechanised and it also has enormous, creates enormous damage. I think there's some value in actually exposing precisely what's going on economically in this space. The second thing I think is really important is that these forests are potentially worth a lot of money in terms of carbon. And so what's really lacking here from both a federal level and a state level is a methodology to properly quantify the amount of carbon and the value of that carbon associated with not logging forests. So the state government has already admitted that ongoing logging generates 1.7 million tonnes of carbon emissions and that's equivalent to 730,000 motor vehicles off the road every year. So really the climate change dividend here is massive. Mm. In any other major city in the world, these forests would be protected and there would be tourism infrastructure because they're such an important playground for such a major city. So it's time for Melbourne to catch up. You know, what's, what's happening here is we're flogging a dead horse from the 1950s rather than thinking about 2020s and beyond. You've been listening to Earth Matters on the Community Radio Network with Eidwin. Today on the show, we heard from Professor David Lindenmayer and Steve Meacher talking on the leadbeater possum and the combination of logging, fires and deregulation that threaten Victoria's state fauna. You can find out more on our rundown, which will be located at 3cr.org.au slash earthmatters, including papers by Professor Linda Mayer and Steve Meacher. Earth Matters would like to thank Community Radio Network for their hard work in broadcasting today's episode and the Community Broadcasting Foundation for their generous financial support. Earth Matters is produced at 3CR Community Radio in Fitzroy, Melbourne, and we can be contacted at earthmatters3cr at gmail.com. That's all for now, but tune in next week for more environmental and social justice stories.